to hear what it's really like to be a voice actor. It's the VoiceOver Gurus Podcast. Welcome back to the VoiceOver Gurus Podcast. I'm Linda Bruno, and this is part two of my chat with voice talent, Connor Quinn. When I did the live announce at Radio City years back, I you know, it's all union folk there. Right, so right. they were like, oh, I need a light for the desk so I can, nope, that had to be a certain person had to go get this light and install the light. <laughs> it's just like I couldn't just walk over and grab a light no. because there's a no, union no, no, no. person who was getting paid to do that. You know, oh, That's we've right. got to move the stage. Well, the union people have to come in and do it. No one could do. That was amazing. I mean. It's absolutely, yeah, it's a. Uh... I can see the benefits for that. Uh, it was craziness when I was a kid, uh, you know, doing di- working different sets. Uh, you know, Sesame Street was a little more lax. It was still union, but it was like uh, most of them were educators. So they weren't, none of them, including, you know, Carol Spinney that was Big Bird and uh, Jim Henson. And they weren't making crazy big bucks because it's public broadcasting. Right. Jim was making his money with the Muppets, with, uh, you know, with the films that he was doing. That was his dream he was doing that because he had a, a vision of educating children. He wasn't doing it for the money. He was doing it for the love right. and all of those people pretty much. So they were a little kind of laid back on, you know, on those specific laws, but back in LA, Oh, you want a drink of water? What are you doing? Going, getting a drink of water. That's not your job. <laughs> I know. <laughs> so yeah, as a little kid, you're confused. So when you get home, who gets you the water? It's like, you know, uh, well, wait yeah. a minute. You're telling me I can't get the water, but now I can get the water. Oh, my God. Well, you become yeah. a, an adult very quickly as a child actor because you you're dealing to, with some unusual situations. Right. You know, I, you know, thank God the rules changed, uh, you know, and n- nothing against for listeners that, have, that are going that are millennials and Gen Z's or whatever. But Gen Xers, uh, you know, we were just that generation that had to pull ourselves up by the bootstraps because yes. we... <laughs> You know, for God's sake, I would go out riding with my buddies on bikes and, you know, who knows when the hell I'm going to come home. Yeah. You know, Mm -hmm. my mom probably didn't know where we went halfway across town in my Mm -hmm. hometown and then I'll be home by when the lights come on. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, you had to definitely learn, especially in that era of uh, child acting to survive. And, you know, all jokes aside, you know, I'm very blessed that I'm still here because so many of my peers uh, had horrible lives as child actors. That's what you hear. Yeah. I can't even really talk about it. I mean, just, they don't transition into no, another level of of a career. They're, you know, abused and, and, uh, you know, just the atrocities and, and so many have, uh, you know, unfortunately succumbed to the business and, and weren't able, like you said, to transition into an adult. So I thank God that I had a team, uh, around me that was cognizant of, you know, that that needs to happen. That's um, great. Yeah. But for those that are listening, I mean, luckily you don't have to deal with that. You, your focus is, uh, you know, do that direct marketing and do that yes. social media engagement. That's, mm-hmm. but that's tough as a, you know, it is tough if you're not it's, a it's social person really. But I think that sometimes people are like, oh, you had it so much easier, you know, because now we have the Internet. And I'm like, no, 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 you don't understand. It's been Mm -hmm. tough all along. It's not like it suddenly became really, really difficult because sometimes I'll be like, oh, old timer. You're an old timer. You don't know. It's like, no, No. it was. Yeah, there's a story. You know, it's like I remember 
um, I was embarrassed to say as a voiceover because you vo actors didn't call you an act. You weren't an actor. Oh, you're a, a voiceover. That yeah, means you're, you're not good enough to not be on camera or. Mm -hmm. um, <laughs> it was so, like a secondary know, thing that actors would pick up for extra oh, money. Completely. You know? I had to shadow as a teenager. Um, you know, he's passed on so I can talk. His name was Percy Rodriguez, a very, uh, you know, he's another guy. If you Google, he was a very commanding presence uh, for television serials. And he was on Star Trek. And I mean, he just did a lot of stuff on television. But he was a hell of a voiceover, especially with movie trailers, which were big back then. You mm -hmm. know, he was the original movie trailer for Jaws. And um, wow, you know, uh, he was the voice of Coca-Cola for a while. He was the voice of Kenny Shoes for those people that might remember Kenny Shoes. We only sell the right shoe. You know, he had a, he had a <laughs> very Shoes was my first. What's Kenny that? Shoes was Kenny Shoes was the first big job I ever booked. Are you? Yep. In what? 97, when I moved to New York, it was my first like booking with the agent. And I got a bunch of wild spots that ran for a while. And I oh did like seven spots. And wow. it was because I could read quickly. It was like a little talent I had. And so they loved it because I had to say like running shoes, hiking shoes, biking shoes, walking shoes and do this whole thing. And I remember doing seven spots in, you know, obviously going into Manhattan for it. And um, I did it in 40 minutes. And the producer's like, wow, you did seven spots in 40 minutes. And I was like, oh, is that good? You know, not realizing. <laughs> yeah. And then the residual check started to come in. And I was like, this is sweet, man. Yeah. Right. And then I didn't yeah, it's like shooting fish in a barrel. I didn't work again for six months. Yeah, see, there you go. It's the ups and downs. <laughs> Thank you, folks. Good night, everybody. You know, it is. Yeah. It's just, it's the reality. If you can't handle the heat, get out of the kitchen. Yeah, that you was my awakening. To, yeah. Yeah, you have to put back money. So when times are good and the residual checks are coming in or... Because you feel jobs. like it's going to last forever. You're like, oh, this is great. You're just it's like, like hitting the you know small lottery. Oh, yeah. look, yeah. $300. You know, it's like, you know, and then those residual checks, they... Oh, it's it's a check for seventeen cents. How wonderful! <laughs> you know, it's just, I'll see these up for ten years and maybe go buy a hamburger. I know, I but know. yeah, Percy was he was very interesting as far as voiceover goes. But he was a classically trained Shakespearean trained actor, oh. and you know, the stage and the movies and the television that was the real that was the real stuff. Mm -hmm. And so we, I'd gone with him. He was doing a sirloin stockade commercially was the voice of sterling stockade for a while and we were leaving that and i was like that's incredible it was just because he would come in right at exactly 59 seconds or whatever they needed him he was right he had an impeccable on time money and i was mm -hmm. complimenting him on that and he goes oh that's you know who cares this is this is just fitter fatter to make money <laughs> between real acting jobs right and he said, Connor, what do you, what do you want to do when you grow up? And I said, well, gosh, I, you know, I want to do commercials. I want to do what? I mean, it looked, he had a bad taste in his mouth. What, yeah. Disgusted. What, what are you saying? You want to do commercials and, 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 and sell out and oh, I, yeah, I love jingles and commercials made me so happy. And yeah, I was more interested in them than film and television. And now what they want, want he, what he wants to hear. He couldn't understand it, but it's yeah. like, I have been a voiceover nerd since I was six years old. I mean, wow. uh, you know, so you, you were meant for it. I, yeah, I was, I was really cut out. I couldn't do it. I can't, I can't do anything else. So I have to you know, do this. <laughs> when I so was what... real young, I, um, uh, I wanted to know who the voice of Toucan Sam was cause Fruit Loops was big. Yeah. And I wanted to know who the voice of the Pillsbury Doughboy is and who is the voice of the Jolly Green Giant. 
Ah, uh-huh. I had my agent, you know, help me. How can I? And she was like, why do you, why do you want to know this? And I'm like, because <laughs> apparently these people get paid for that. Right. And she's like, they do. They're voice actors, but who cares who they, and I'm like, I do. I, I want to know all about them. Well, here's the, they all three happened to share the Leo Burnett agency in Chicago. So I called, they told me right off the bat, that's that information is contractually and legally restricted and we can't, you know, well, he was talking to his assistant, this other guy. And he kind of like let on that this guy was brand new, had just hired. So he really didn't know the policy on stuff. And he, I heard him say he was going to a meeting. Well, I'm 15 years old and doing my best. I was going to try to imitate him. So I hung up. I waited for the guy to leave, probably. Then I called back and acted like I was that guy talking to the assistant. And I said, (gasps) you know, pull these files, the uh, green, uh, jolly green giant, green giant. Cheeky (laughs) 15-year-old. Right. And so he pulled all these files while I'm, you know, paying long distance back in, you know, 1984, 83. And so he read them off. I mean, he gave me their name, their mailing address. So I found out Lynn Dressler was the voice of the Jolly Green Giant. <laughs> Paul Freeze was the voice of Toucan Sam and the Pillsbury Doughboy. Well, I wrote them. And they Did were you? shocked because voiceovers in those day and age, you know, most people didn't even know what a voiceover was. Right. They couldn't believe that some kid was interested in, they didn't have yeah. headshots. I mean, they're like, what? who are you? I mean, <laughs> yeah, it's, you know, something I've done. But they, that, those became lifelong friends. Uh, Len Dressler, awesome. who lived in Chicago, and Paul Freeze in the voiceover industry is absolutely huge. He's the voice in the Haunted Mansion. He was the voice of Boris Badenoff on Rocky and Bullwinkle, and wow. uh, you know, for for the kids of the '70s and '80s, hearing his voice is like, you know, yeah, it, it takes it, you right back, kind of like God. Yeah, exactly. Now, have you maintained this? You haven't had any breaks from the voiceover industry. Your yeah, whole career, no. you've just you've done that you haven't yeah. taken any kind of other paths yeah thank god i can only do that you know i can only do this so it has to work or nothing it's it's <laughs> yeah there's no it's yeah there's Neumann no backup or plan. Bust. <laughs> right? so yeah no i have no so I now you're build. you're back in oklahoma city in oklahoma city area right yeah and, okay well that was a heck of a change you know, sorry <laughs> los angeles to no, I was no, going to no, say, that's you. a big... No, oh, it is right. a big change. L- lifestyle, yeah, sorry. No, I wasn't talking about your... That was a great segue, by the right. way. <laughs> I mean, let's get real. Um, so coming from L.A., so like right now, okay, I'm look, I'm looking out my studio window and there's a cow chewing her cud. <laughs> <laughs> you know, versus traveling the 405, uh, you yeah. know, therefore the, towards the end, you know, leaving a location or whatever, and I only had to drive two miles. But it was traffic so bad you had to shut your car engine off or else you'd run out of gas. I'm fat. I could go on the ground and just crawl to my home <laughs> faster than we were going. So I was like, I knew there had to be a change. So so that must have been a massive change, though. I mean, the pace, the, you know. Yeah, once technology got to where it is, to where I could do, um, well, we had ISDN. So thank God we had that here that allowed me to Oh, that's good. get connected. And then. You know, that's been it's been a dying dinosaur since the 90s. You know, it's old technology. And I finally got rid of my box like two years ago. I hung on. Did you? Yeah, I did too. Because I still had clients that, you know, that were, yeah, they wanted, you know, are you on the Zephyr? It's like, well, 
yeah, I guess I have you heard of IPDTL or source? What? Yeah. No, 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 no. It's source connect that or I mean that ISDN, baby. That's the two no. years ago. We moved from Plainview here on Long Island to Melville. That's where we are now. And right. at that point, I was like, there's no point. I can, a, I can't get an, uh, any lines installed. You know, Nobody. Verizon's yeah, like, they, done. Yeah, they might. Uh, there might be some existing, but the guy from AT&T in Dallas told me we haven't installed ISDN in years and we're yeah. not helping you maintain, maintain it. So right. those that have it, they're grandfathered in, but beyond That's that, it. it's like uh, it's end of life. Yeah. And, yeah. I mean, it, it was so costly anyway. So I'd but much for me, pay... when I was starting out is uh, one of my good friends is uh, Brian Lee. He's a big promo guy. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Brian, you know Brian Lee? he's on channel four. Uh, oh, okay. Yeah. Yep. He's, he's everywhere. Yeah, Brian's a, yeah. He's a good friend of mine. Yeah. He, wonderful talent. That's awesome. I have to tell him that we, we spoke, but yeah, he, yeah, yeah. he would say to me, Lynn, you want to be in the big time. You got to get an ISD online. <laughs> and this was like in 99 and I'm up here in New York and I'm like, okay. So I yeah, got the box but... and everything. Cause he was like, if you want to be in big time, you want to work for networks, you got to do it. And he was right. I mean, he was right. You had to have that equipment to, you know, yeah. be in the game. Now you don't, but yeah, he thank, still uses his thank all goodness. the time. And that, you know, for people starting out, it's, you know, you don't have to spend $40,000. Um, you know, it's not like you're, you know, for less than the franchise fee for opening a subway restaurant, <laughs> yeah. uh, you know, you don't have to do that anymore. I mean, no. the microphones have gotten cheaper. I mean, yeah. you and I are speaking on very expensive microphones and, and, you know, but it's certainly not necessary. No, it's not, you know, you know, you know for many years, you know, my clients, uh, you know, you know, that rhymes with Risney, uh, you know, they, <laughs> <laughs> you know. You better use the Neumann on this session or whatever. Well, I've used other microphones in the session and they never, they never knew. Yeah. They pretend like they, it's like, yeah, maybe I'm really speaking out of it, but I think people that pretend like they really know art or wine. Yeah. Oh, right. I, I think they probably do. They know some, but I think right. there's a lot of BS involved. Maybe I'm wrong. I I'm agree. probably wrong, but it's just like, yeah, they would swear. And once I told them and assured them, oh yes, I'm on my 87. Oh gosh, it's so rich. You're oh, I, yeah, your sure. iambic pentameter. Uh -huh. <laughs> Give me a break. Well, I worked for Risney Asia for 14 years. Did you? And, oh my gosh. Yeah, their promo voice, and they were not particular about the microphone, but they were particular about. I had to do ISDN sessions with them, and I would oh. have to do them live, and they were in Singapore, so it's a 12-hour difference. Oh my gosh! So oh. I'd be at the studio at nine o'clock at night and doing the sessions, which I'm very grateful for. It was fantastic. It was a very long period of time. Um, it took them seven years to finally trust me to do a session by myself. Well, for years, you know, yeah. even when I moved out to Oklahoma, I would have to fly back to Burbank or maybe occasionally they would use their studio in Orlando. But uh, even to this day, it's like for the most for the big things, I have to fly back to Burbank. Yeah. They don't want, you know, they, they are want not, you in uh, person. Mm -hmm. you know, OK, that's cool that you have a little studio. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't that cute? Like, Get yeah, over it's here. Cute, but you know, our studio was built in 1942. It's like, right, right. But is it necessary now? Right. So for those, you know, you and I are talking. There's a lot of people dreaming of of being in our foot foot footsteps, I guess. Right. And for those that you're that are starting out, you don't need that. You just you have to have that confidence. That's what you really need. You need the confidence to face each day, and go forward with what you have, and. Mm -hmm. You don't have to have a great voice, but you have to be able to tell a story. 
you need to be an actor. You need to be able yes, to, like you. you said, you know, tell the story, connect with your audience. I don't care who it is. That's it. Because if you listen to the voices everywhere, especially when they have seasoned actors, you know, I heard a commercial the other day and I'm just like, who the hell is this guy? I mean, his pronunciation is a little bit, it was for Boar's Head. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, yeah, God, for the voice guy, this is just really, well, come to find out it was Clancy Brown, you know, so they're using an on-camera actor who... Who's not right. I mean, Clancy does gotcha. a lot of voiceover, so don't get me wrong. Clancy does a lot of animation and stuff like that. But this was just his regular voice read that he might do in a film. And it was great. He was just reading it like a normal person would mm -hmm. with that that gravitas and that thing that, you know, is, is unique to his character. But it was, you know, so many times in, in voiceover, we are directed to be perfect, to right. have you know especially with announcing you the, the eloquence and the pronunciation has to be on par mm -hmm. and it's hard to shift off of that and you know you know do an anthem video for um, a medical company and right. you're talking to people so you're saying like his style as an actor was coming through on that boar's head commercial that was, wasn't was transferring unique. as a i was thinking of it as a voiceover which i shouldn't have you know i'm you know i'm, I'm a coach for god's sake and yeah. he was sounding like they like you should sound, mm -hmm. you know, just like the way you and I are talking right now. We're not putting anything on. Right. You're not reading a script and I'm not reading a script. We're just talking. There's breathing between us. And yeah. Stuff Thinking like pauses. That. <laughs> yeah. Right. And so that, of course, is exactly what you and I try to bring in real sessions. You know, is that, you know, that just that normalness, that normalcy. But mm -hmm. also, as you and I know that, um, no casting director is going to get us in the booth if we were a, a quote real person because if they wanted helen in uh, you know boy that dates me right using the name helen you know <laughs> or whatever you know you know like cleveland <laughs> but you know uh so if they wanted a real voice they would you know call carol in accounting they don't right. want that that's why they went out and got an actor because they do want that sense of professionalism but, but yet, not, it, yeah, not too spot. No, not exactly. too spotless. You have to find that that balance, and that can be yes. very tough. It can be right. Yeah, yeah. Because if, if you you're too, too conversational, far, then it's oh like, uh, uh, no, no. Now, now it just sounds boring and uninterested, especially with the millennial read. You know, so. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Which, and when I see that, it's like you know, I skip it. Well, I'm horrible about reading direction, anyways. I do not ever look at their guidelines of what what are they expecting. I just think of it. Okay, if this was me, if I was Oscar Meyer, right? If I'm Oscar Meyer, mm -hmm. how would what would I want to hear this commercial as? Mm -hmm. And that's how I do it. I'm not that's recommending funny. that, by the way. Yeah, no, no, I do the same thing too. And I don't. Do I'm not saying to ignore the specs, but a lot of times, and mm -hmm. then when I see the spot run, I'm like, that's nothing like what they asked for. Uh, thank you. Yeah, and it's I'm like, like what happened? So many times <laughs> I've done stuff, and uh, I always squeeze in because I think you're always networking. You know, I. You know, I was a little devil when I was, you know, I thank God I have like this middle range voice that allows me to be very flexible so I could do character work and all that. But as a young kid, when I would go into a recording session in L.A., I would say, um, so so who's in the hall? Who else are you reading today? And so they tell me, well, I could do them. I say, oh, by the way, this is what uh, Mason Adams is going to sound like when he reads it. So I would do a Mason <laughs> Adams read or I would do a Hal Douglas read or whoever they were going to bring in. And wow. so they, they may not cast me, but they're like, oh, my God, this he, he Michael Landon's right. This kid talks a lot. 
Yeah. Uh, you know, so, uh, but nowadays what I try to do is I give them exactly what they're looking for. But I always, my key is always, I say, oh, you know, you just gave me a great idea. So I make it sound like it's, it's on there. Right. right. I said, let me do, can I just, let me just do this one way and I, let me get it out of my That's system. That's great. And usually that is the read that they go for because they don't know what they don't know. Yeah. Because oh, that's a great way to go. Most of these people that are casting, this might be their 100th session. Mm -hmm. I've done tens of thousands of recording sessions. And so now when you're auditioning, though, like, you know how do you submit like two takes and do one that's maybe a little more creative or what? Yeah, what what's your rule there? Right. So as you as you know, a lot of agents or casting directors might say just one. I right. only want one read. So I try to give them what they were looking for. Um, but if there is no rule or whatever, I'll always go to and exactly what you just said is I give them pretty much in the ballpark of what they're wanting. And then I give my interpretation of how I would do it. Yeah. Um, just kind of more relaxing. Usually they'll, the client will come back and say, we liked your second read. Mm -hmm. um, even though the first was exactly what they, you know, if I read the, Specs, that's exactly what they wanted. Right. So many that's times I've been asked to do, you know, they want a British accent or blah, blah, blah. I ignore all of that. And I just do, mm. yeah. um, you know, some of the early Harry Potter trailers that I got, um, you know, I didn't know what Harry Potter, I didn't know what any of this was. You know, no, <laughs> nobody really did unless you read the book. And they were wanting to match um, the uh, the main wizard guy. You can tell I'm... Dumbledore? You know, Dumbledore, thank you so much. Yes. <laughs> I'm not a huge Harry Potter person, but I'm guessing. I think it's Dumbledore, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Dumbledore. So anyway, they're wanting to match that actor. And, well, I never, I didn't, they didn't send a clip or anything like that. So I just rushed it. And I did, you know, for years, I, uh, I understudied with a, a voice actor named Hal Douglas, who. He's famous. Yeah, he did a lot of, you know, he, <laughs> there was Don LaFontaine and there was him and they both did In a World. In a World. They were famous yes. for that. So. Uh, Don LaFontaine did the action adventures and Harry or, or Hal did uh, a lot of the, uh, the funny, the romance, the rom-coms. Uh, and so I just did, how would Hal Douglas read, read this? So, you know, it came out, uh, Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone begins Friday, November 23rd at a theater near you. You know, it's just, how would, <laughs> <You're hired. laughs> you know, right. So how would, how would Hal read it? You know, uh, 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 Cloudy with a chance of meatballs. <laughs> he was a cop. She was a killer. Together they're cops and robbers. You know, it's just that he had the, there's a rhythm, now, you know. But uh, what made you think, let me try to figure out, how would Hal do this? What made you even think that? So uh, on that particular thing, they had made a mistake of, um, in those days we were doing live sessions uh, and I was in with the engineer. They had emailed him and they had, they had gone through multiple uh, sessions of, of rounds of recording with uh, different actors and they had included a lot of the reads. And so the engineer was listening to him when I came in from the uh, oh. recording studio, he was playing him and I listened to him. So they all sounded alike ah. of what you would think of if you heard a wizard. <clears throat> and, you know, this is a, a show mainly for children and it was just too much. It was like, is this a haunted mansion? Is this about mm -hmm. murder? Uh, you know, it's a, this is about, you know, 
funny tasting magical beer and, you know, flying cars and stuff like that. So, uh, I pulled a little bit of the Risney magic of, you know, of, you know, how Hal would have read when he did the, when he smiled and did his feel good rom-coms, mm-hmm. uh, I just, I, I don't know. I don't, I'm sure you have this, you just have this piece. You're mm-hmm. like, Oh my God, that fit. this is like a puzzle. Mm-hmm. Yes. That, you know, even if I don't get it in my mind, that is the read that should be. And there's others that you do and you're like, Oh my God, no, I bad karma. But accessing that comes from all the years of you being in the business, of you being able to let go so easily and being able to tap into those, you know, those little right. creative pockets um, see, that I, can I, I only come you, from. I love you know, how you say letting go, because that's something that someone who's just starting out can learn to do and needs to learn to do. Because yes, all of us that are in this industry or wanting to be in the industry have built up expectations of anime of mm. you know barbie of yeah <laughs> whatever you whatever your inspiration and all of us have different inspirations for voiceover whatever that has led you to it that may not be the all the end all sound you have to put your ego aside if you're going to be telling if some company or uh, an individual has trusted you with telling their brand oh, that's right. an awesome you know you know any the greatest I work compliment with, it's huge, whether it be, yeah. you know, in my case, whether it's what, you know, Risney or it's, uh, mm-hmm. you know, the folks at Crayola or whatever that I do, it's, it's an fortunate. honor. Mm-hmm. It is an honor, but it's just, a, just as much an honor if it's a local uh, medical firm, yep. um, you know, that's based in Austin, Texas, or, you know, a boot company based in Montana. I mean, it's just, they chose you, they chose you. So using that inspiration, you have to kind of put that aside to what I want to bring to the role versus what they are wanting. It's okay to bring to it and say, this is, this is what I feel for it. And mm-hmm. they might listen to it and just, you know, no, you know, thanks, but no thanks. Right. That's fine. So you kind of go, but like you said, over the years, just like you, uh, you know, with our experience between us, you go over and over and, and you learn, you start to get a feel for, you feel your way blindly in a copy. What yes. is, what is the hidden message? Who am I talking to? Who am I? Mm-hmm. And not what are we selling, but what are we telling? Uh, you know, what that's is great. the we never sell because nobody. I hate being sold to. Yes. So, anytime I feel, oh, that was a bit salesy. You know, <laughs> <laughs> which matches that voice. Uh, yeah. <laughs> drop it. What the hell? I mean, no, I don't even. I'm gonna puke. I don't want to. <laughs> I don't want to be sold to, because it sounds like the fifties. Hey there, you know. I know, I know. You need just, to do this now. Yeah, nobody wants to hear that. if they're calling for those, you know, nostalgic uh, big voiceovers. But, yeah, you know, in my day, you had to sound like, uh, for men, you had to sound like uh, Gary Owens or Orson Welles. You had to have the voice of God. Mm-hmm. And I remember, you know, Ernie Anderson did a workshop. He was a promo guy that uh, for ABC back in <laughs> the 70s and 80s. He was television, yeah. I thought, Mr. Television. He was telling a bunch of us that one of us asked how, you know, how do we get a voice like you? Oh, you smoke a bunch of effing camels and, and, uh, you know, you drink whiskey every night and get drunk, you know, just, oh my God, what? That's the advice. Old school advice. That sounds kind of cool. (laughs) (laughs) So I thought, you know, that's what we have to do. But, you know, it's just like my voice now. I mean, there's probably people listening to it going, 
who the heck has Linda got on the show? I mean, who is this? Is he an accountant? I mean, people are disappointed when they call my studio. You know, I, I usually yeah. answer studio. And they go, yeah, is Connor Quinn in? I was speaking. Oh, I mean, they sound so <laughs> disappointed. Hurt. Yeah, because we've heard your demos and this. It, it, oh, come on. You know, mm -hmm. quit putting this voice on. It's like, no, this is so you're coaching as well. You coach. I, I try. I, I do a little bit, but I try not to overdo it. You know, like you, I'm a working professional and I know like you, it's also we have to carefully balance because. Yeah. A lot of people come to you and I for different things. You do a lot of things outside of voice, connected with voiceover, but right. there's so much that goes with it, as you know, and you talk about, about whether it's marketing or whether it's just being your, in your workplace and, uh, you know, being the best you that you can be, the most authentic you. And so, yeah, I do, uh, you know, coaching on the side, but it's not like, uh, I'm always leery of people who are just coaches. I know they're probably good, but I it's know. like- I, all of I my coach, this is just me, you know, back in my day there, you didn't get coaches. You learned yeah. voiceover and then you just started to work. Yeah. And then mm -hmm. all of a sudden it started in the eighties. Well, who's your voiceover coach? What? Yeah. Now we need a coach. Well, I'm glad they do because coaches, they do help you get out of ruts. They help you discover and set goals, all types of, you know, life coaches. There's all kinds oh, of yeah. mm -hmm. wonderful things. And I'm grateful for that. So but I try to be, I don't know, I just, I think that someone, whoever you go with, you look at their resume, even if they're just a coach. How yeah. long have they been coaching? What is their reputation? Um, if there Referrals. are a voiceover, mm -hmm. you know, how, how long have they been doing it? How successful? And success doesn't mean being the voice of X, Y, and Z. It just, it means like a lot of us just putting in the time of the you know. consistency of working and thank you because sticking it a lot out. of our day is about making those connections and right. uh, you know I told some some guy was telling me recently a, a student was saying I don't like auditioning and I said well then you probably need to find something else to do yeah because <laughs> he goes well you don't audition and I go they, I audition a lot <laughs> and you need to keep track of your ratio yeah you need to be aware of your numbers you know. Yep. your hits versus misses your swings versus your home hey, runs it's better than the guy that walked in here and said i just need to tell you i don't like to read oh. and i went well, well there's the door <laughs> because right. that's what we do as voice actors you're gonna have to read yeah you have to talk to your talk to yourself and you know mm -hmm. i'm getting paid for everything that i used to get in trouble for in high school thank you so much <laughs> <laughs> I could talk to you all day. You know what? I'm thinking we can do another podcast at a later time and yeah. maybe talk specifically about performance. Okay. Because yeah, I think that to. would be a fascinating thing with all yeah. of your years of experience. And we can um, do that because I can't believe it. So much time has passed. It's fantastic. I've gotten. It has been. Oh, my gosh. It's been yeah, great. Flew by. You were yes. so much fun, Linda. And, <laughs> you know, I'm you. a big fan. I've enjoyed your work. And Thank I'm you. just I'm just in, honored that uh, that you had me on your show. Oh, well, thanks for reaching out, first of all, because yeah, I definitely. wouldn't have even known, but I appreciate that. But yeah, I didn't know if I qualified. You, I was like, I don't know. If, <laughs> you know, this is like an audition, you know. No. If, if all right. To... What's your website, Connor? It is uh, now Vox is the Latin word for voice. So it's <laughs> voxguy, V-O-X guy dot com. Oh, yep. very nice. So check out uh, Connor's website. You can listen to his demos and right. and hear all the fantastic work that he's done. If you're done. really bored, you can check out all those demos, right? <laughs> <laughs> hey, people, we learn from all sorts of performances. Every and, day. And, yeah. And, mm -hmm. you know, me, 
uh, just last thing before you wrap up here. I am the, if you're in the car with me, I don't listen to music. I listen to commercials 24 seven. Yeah. I go to sleep with commercials I've recorded. I still record commercials that are on air because I need to be aware of what's being cast now. Yep. Mm-hmm. What is the type of read? What is the style? So I love YouTube pre-roll. I don't yes. necessarily love YouTube channels. I watch the yeah. pre-rolls mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, agreed pandora i don't buy the professional i listen to the spots yeah because i gotta know. know absolutely you have yeah. to know so you're right what... always a student to- totally completely and on right. that note we wrap up another fantastic episode of the voiceover gurus podcast thanks again connor for joining me absolutely and everyone have a fantastic rest of your day you too <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for listening to the VoiceOver Gurus Podcast. Real talk about the voiceover industry. Learn more about us and get coaching at voiceover.guru.